Hey there, welcome to this Real Life Church podcast. This is a podcast in which we are going through the New City Catechism. Uh, just by way of review, a catechism is a, is a helpful teaching tool. Uh, catechesis is a word that means um, to teach orally or instruct by word of mouth. So a catechism is a teaching tool that takes a series, takes a series of questions and answers and, um, and hopefully covers the whole gamut of the foundational elements or foundational truths of the Christian faith. I think the New City Catechism is a, is a good one, is a good and helpful catechism. And what it does, it's a, it's a modern uh, resource. And so I, I think it was put together in 2017 or around there. And it takes from some older confessions, older catechisms, older creeds, and uses more modern language for for the 21st century Christian. And uh, so there's 52 questions and answers with scripture in the New City Catechism. And, uh, you know, the more, um, more studies and polls that come out uh, doing a review of what today's professing Christians believe or don't believe, it's, it never ceases to be shocking uh, to once again be slapped upside the head with the realization that many professing Christians, even those that go to church week after week after week, don't believe some of the core foundational, absolutely necessary Christian doctrines. And so it only reinforces my conviction that a tool like a catechism, New City or another one, as long as it's good and orthodox, is a is is the the path to go down for uh, for Christians? It, the Catechism is something that was used for centuries, um, certainly from the time of the Reformation, but even before that, catechisms catechisms were often often used in homes with uh, by parents with their children, and in a church setting uh, as a helpful tool for new believers, but also for for those who've been believers for a period of time, just to reinforce and strengthen our conviction on what the scriptures teach. Of course, a catechism doesn't take the place of scripture. No way. I mean, the scriptures are sole infallible rule for what we believe and how we're to live. But a good catechism helps to encapsulate all that the scripture teaches, like a confession or a creed, or something like that. So, um, so we're going going through the New City Catechism, and we are now in question on question seven. So, just to review real quick. Last week's question was, "How do we glorify God?" The answer is, we glorify God by enjoying Him, loving Him, trusting Him, and obeying His will, commands, and law. And uh, question seven then zeroes in on the law. And uh, specifically, the question is, what does the law of God require? What does the law of God require? The answer is this. The law of God requires personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience. That we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. What God forbids should never be done, and what God commands should always be done. Now, the law is is good for us in at least a few different ways. One, the law of God teaches us or shows us our sin, where we fall short, and our need for a Savior. So that's very clear. The law of God shows us our sin, our need for a Savior, and points us to Christ. 
Another thing the law is good for us, uh, another reason it's good for us is because it shows us the nature and character of God. When we look at the Ten Commandments, which is a summation of God's moral law, we see God's nature and character. And then the third reason why the law is good for us is because it, it, it shows us how, we can, how we're to live a life that pleases God. Again, when you look at the Ten Commandments, even though we can't keep those in and of ourselves perfectly, as we are born again and indwelt by the Spirit, we are to seek with the Spirit's help to obey God, and that pleases Him. It does please Him when we obey Him. And so um, the law of God is, is good, and, uh, and we need to know what the law of God requires. Now, the answer is personal, perfect, perpetual obedience, that we love God and that we love our neighbor. What God forbids we should never do, what God commands we should always do. Now, this requires personal obedience to God's law, not just outward submission. That was the problem of the Pharisees, right? Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. He said that the outside looked nice, but inside they were full of dead men's bones. They didn't have new life. They, they just, they printed up the outside. The law of God requires inward, happy submission in our minds and hearts. It requires perfect submission without spot or blemish. It requires perpetual submission. In other words, not, not just for a day or for a week or even a year, but ongoing without end. And of course, the law is summed up in loving God and our neighbor personally, perfectly, and perpetually. Now, of course, every honest person who hears this says, oh, no, because we know that we fall short. We all fall short, right? Who can, who can obey God perfectly, personally, and perpetually with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Who, what, who can do that? Well, no one can. But of course, like I said before, one of the main purposes of the law is to show us the righteous nature and character of God which then shows us our sin, how we fall short, and our need for a Savior. Only the Lord Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law perfectly, personally, and perpetually. And he did so not for himself, because he's God, because he's already perfect. He did so for all who look to him in faith. He did so for all of his people. He obeyed the law perfectly for us. Only the Lord Jesus has fulfilled the law perfectly, and he has done so for us. And when we receive Christ, right, when we receive Jesus and the forgiveness he offers, and we're washed as white as snow, then we receive new life and strength to obey the command to love God and to, to obey the command to love our neighbor, and by so doing, to fulfill the law of Christ. Of course, we don't do it perfectly, but... Romans 8 talks about not not only that the law of God is fulfilled for us, Jesus does that, he fulfills the law of God perfectly for us, but those who walk according to the Spirit, the law of God is fulfilled in them. And I think what's meant by that is progressively as we grow in sanctification, as we grow in Christ-likeness and the power of the Spirit, the law of God is being um, being fulfilled in the sense that we are obedient to it from the heart. And so what does the law of God require? It requires personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. What God forbids should never be done and what God commands should always be done. That is what the law of God requires 
We don't want to water it down. We want to understand that it points us to who God is, his nature and character. It, it also shows us that we fall short and that we need a savior. And finally, as those who are new creatures in Christ by the power of the spirit, it shows us how we are to live a life that pleases God. The scripture that goes with this is out of Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. And it says, and Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Father, your law is good and righteous and perfect for it points us to you, who you are, what you're like, your nature and character, and you are good and righteous and perfect. It also shows us, Father, our great need. Day after day after day, we fall short, but praise your name. You sent your son who was born of a woman, born under the law to perfectly fulfill the law on our behalf so that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might become your children. And Father, as you pour your spirit into our heart, send your spirit into our heart, he not only produces the cry within us, Abba, Father, but strengthens us to be obedient to your law, which pleases you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.